Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. My name is Ines Padar, and I'm a spiritual mindset and business coach. The goal of this podcast is to help you use the full power of your subconscious mind to ditch imposter syndrome, raise your vibration, unlock the doors to abundance, and grow a low stress and high income business. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. As a quick side note, this is the audio-only version of the video training that is part of the three-day Attract More Clients workshop. So for obvious reasons, I do recommend that you actually watch the training as it has a presentation, it has visuals for all of you visual learners, and you have a smoother user experience as well. Watching the videos would probably be better. There is a link in the show notes right here to catch all of the replays on a replay access page. But if you can't, here is the audio content of uh, the training of day one, and you'll have day two and day three tomorrow in the next day. So I hope you love this episode and have a beautiful day. Bye-bye. So welcome to the Attract More Clients workshop. So today is going to be from stagnating to thriving understanding why it's so hard to change and how to master your mind to build confidence and know you'll be successful. And that is significant because I'm sure that a lot of you are familiar with the law of attraction, with quantum physics, with everything that has to do, you know, with the subconscious mind. And we know these things, but knowing is one thing and actually changing our lives is another one because it's not easy. So understanding why it's so hard to change is already half of the job done because then you know exactly what you need to do. Tomorrow, day two, all about overcoming imposter syndrome and feeling like a fraud. So you can come across as the expert that you already are within you. It's just that imposter syndrome is messing with you, making you believe you're not. Because obviously, you know, if you want to attract more clients in your business, and you probably want this if you're attending today, um, Clients need to trust us and trust that we have, uh, you know, a vehicle or a way to help them. And if we have imposter syndrome, it's going to be very difficult to convey uh, how good we are in the inside. And day three, all about smashing money and receiving blocks and the art of manifestation and client attraction. Uh, money and receiving blocks is always, always a hot topic. But once we know that, you know, you can have the best relationship with money, but still not have money in your life, because it's probably because you have a receiving block. Once you understand that and how it affects you and how to change that dynamic, you are also have so much more room for change. Okay, hopefully Canva is going to cooperate today. It does. So for those of you who don't know me, Quickly, I'm Ines, aka the imposter syndrome terminator, uh, born and raised in Switzerland, and I have a master's degree in accounting and finance, actually, so quite different to what I'm doing now. Uh, I used to be an investment analyst. I loved that because I love numbers before I trained in EFT and hypnosis, more specifically RTT, rapid transformational therapy. And then I basically lasted very little time in that career before I switched to my own business. But it was not all fun and games straight away. So between 2019 and 2020, I was a bit of a desperate therapist trying to build a face-to-face business and made about 5K and seven months. And unfortunately, that was not enough to pay for the bills. Everything here in Switzerland is very expensive. And most importantly, I was really upset 
because my entire purpose and the reason why I left my job in finance was to help women. And I wasn't really helping many women since I didn't have many clients, which was probably the most disappointing aspect of them all. Hi, hi Fatima, checking the comments here. And since March of 2020, things have come around. Luckily, um, I've been traveling the world and working remotely, which had always been my ultimate goal and dream. I wanted to be able to be anywhere, to be location independent and still be able to work, to learn how to surf, to discover new cultures while I was young, while I don't have kids and while it's still easy, which I have been doing. I didn't have my first 12K within 10 weeks after starting on social media and starting my, starting my online business, even though prior to that, I had struggled for eight months. So it's absolutely possible. Once you shift your energy and once you know what to do to attract clients, change can happen really, really, really fast, even if you have a history of it not working, which is all, uh, which is what we're going to talk about in this workshop scaled really fast to over oh first typo is here over 350k not 350 dollars 350 thousand in sales within 18 months uh, and was able to help over 160 amazing students which is the absolute best part of this so some of you might be wondering how the hell do you have a master's in accounting and finance and be an investment analyst and then do what you're doing today. And to make a very long story short, I was depressed when I was doing my master's degree. It was the fifth time in 10 years that I got depression. And that fifth time, I don't know, something happened in my mind and my body. And I said, if I don't get to the bottom of this, I'm just going to spend a lifetime in and out of depression. So I sought two modalities that work with the subconscious mind and that go directly to the root cause of an issue so you can solve the problem at the root. And I found EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, as well as a therapist who supported me. And it took lots of effort and lots of hours, I'm not going to lie, but within four months, I was depression-free and it never came back. And that's been four or five years. And at that moment, I said, okay, screw finance, this is fascinating. If you have so much power to change stuff as uh, paralyzing as depression, once you know how to master your energetic system and your mind, you basically can create a life of happiness, joy, and abundance. And that's when I decided to leave finance and start my own business. And here we are today, <laughs> some years later. So today, we're going to dive deep into understanding why it's so hard to stop feelings like anxiety or worry or feeling helpless, etc., as well as the bulletproof formula to feel and know that you will be successful. Because the difference between people who make it in business and the people who don't, regardless of how much time it takes, right, is knowing that we have what it takes and that we're going to be successful because that will keep us going until, until we get the results. Whereas if we doubt that fundamental thing that we can be successful and if our confidence is shaky, it's going to be much harder to keep going when we're not seeing results. I will also talk about how to confidently come back after falling off the horse or after some time away um, and how to stop procrastination and building unshakable confidence that you will actually absolutely hit all of your goals. Um, I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about. I'm warning you that 
Um, it's not complicated, but there is quite some content. I hesitated for a long time, you know, when I was uh, working on this presentation saying, do I actually talk about all of this because there is a lot or do I keep it shorter? But I did think it was very significant for you guys to understand at its root and the intricacies and the subtleties of why it's so hard to change. Because once you understand that, you can actually do something about it. And that's what I want to do. It's not kind of like giving you a fish. It's teaching you how to fish kind of situation. So hopefully that will be okay with you. And if you have to leave, you can still catch the replays. So, and let me know in the comments if this is making sense, if you can hear me well, if you can resonate with this content. I love uh, to know what's going on in your mind. So have you ever wondered why some people with no website, no funnel, and not so great, you know, Instagram content or social media content still get clients while others who've completely nailed the social media game can't find any? I used to have this client who had this brilliant Instagram account with 5,000 very engaged followers and she wasn't having any clients and we're going to talk about why this training why some people work 16 hours a day and make the same income as others who work three right why so many different and conflicting strategies seem to work no matter what for some people but the same strategies don't work for other people and how some people seem to always be lucky and um, have, not gave, have great opportunities, find them, and why some programs work amazingly well for some people and others, for other people, not at all. Have you ever wondered, my friends, the answer to that question is probably yes. Here is the basic principle um, that we need to understand, is that we can only manifest or attract things that are on the same vibration as the one we emit. That is what is consistent with our self-image and identity. So we will go into that um, more extensively. But in other words, things that are consistent with our subconscious thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. Because thoughts trigger emotions. Emotions are going to determine the actions we take and our actions determine our life. That is reason number one. Reason number two is because everything is energy. So your thoughts and feelings emit a very specific frequency. And that is not like woo-woo, you know, pseudoscience. You can actually measure the electric activity of your brain with devices as well as emotions. And what materializes in your life is what is consistent with this frequency. So the frequency of your thoughts um, and feelings and what is consistent with our expectations. And there is this crazy example, and this relates to quantum physics, which we will not talk about in this uh, training because we don't have time. But quantum physics basically says that in, we live in a world of infinite possibilities where all possibilities exist sim simultaneously um, at all time and everywhere. Because in the quantum field, there is no time, there is no space meaning that what materializes in your life and what your life looks like is basically the frequency you tune into and if you can manage to change your energy even if you do that within seconds and if you do it powerfully you can instantaneously attract something else quantum physics also shows that what you expect tends to happen so not 
the logical thing that's supposed to happen, not the science-based thing, science thing that's supposed to happen, but what we expect is actually what is happening. So matter, and this is true, um, this is an experiment they made in quantum physics, which is called the double slit experiment. Matter can basically change its behavior so matter can become energy and rematerialize in a specific way depending on our expectations. Insane. And an example of something I read a while ago that was fascinating was uh, way back when, when social media and the internet didn't exist, there was this man somewhere in the US who had a food truck and he wanted to get more people, you know, knowing that he had a food truck. So he decided to reach out to this ad company that would put an ad in the Sunday's newspaper, letting people know in the local community that he had a food truck. So he pays for the ad. He, you know, he tells them what to write, what to do. He's so excited and he's already imagining all of the people who are going to come to his food truck thanks to the ad. And sure enough, you know, it's the next day after the ad was released in the newspaper and there is this massive, massive queue of people waiting to order food from him, so much so that he runs out of food before he even arrives at the end of the queue. So the next day he calls the newspaper or the ad agency and he says, oh my God, this was fantastic. Thank you so much. It worked like a charm. And the ad agency told him, oh my God, we were going to call you to apologize because something went wrong and we were not able to run your ad in the newspaper. So what happened is that he was expecting to get clients after running that ad. And he was so excited and already imagining, you know, serving food to more people and more people queuing to his food truck that he literally manifested that outcome. That's what he expected. And his vibration and energy and emotions were in line with that. So let me know your thoughts about the food truck ad. I think it's crazy. I think it's amazing. And it's such a cool example. Moving on. You've probably already seen this too in some form or other. And I have the sun shine reflecting against the building and shining in my face, but that's fine, I'll just move. Um, our conscious mind is basically responsible for 5% of our life. You've probably already heard this before. So the conscious mind does things like conscious thoughts, desires, actions, willpower, you know, doing affirmations, coming up with strategies. Our subconscious mind is 95%, so more of the autopilot aspect of it. And it has everything stored in there, just like a computer has data stored in there. And that can be helpful, but also not so helpful stuff. So in the context of, you know, why it's hard to change and what it's hard to manifest, we can have fear about success or fears about failures, feeling that other, people's can, other people can be successful, but we can't. Uh, in our subconscious mind, there's also our identity. So for example, if we've grown up always taking care of others, but not receiving equally, that is kind of going to be part of our subconscious uh, wiring or parents never being pleased with our grades and the consequences of never feeling good enough. All of that is going to be in our subconscious mind. And that's what is in our conscious and subconscious mind is going to create a certain frequency around us and we can only attract things on the same frequency. Meaning that if we have subconscious beliefs and patterns that are not so great, we are just going to attract things that are in line with that. So typically, 
when I was struggling so much to get my clients during those eight months when I had a face-to-face -face business, on a conscious level, I wanted clients. I was doing positive affirmations. I was showing up consistently. I felt ready to receive from the universe. I was trying to network, et cetera, et cetera. But at the subconscious level, what I really felt, if I'm being honest with you guys, is I wanted to do a three-month program, but I felt that it would rip people off, but somehow a single session was fine. That's very irrational, but that's what felt really true to me, right? I was afraid that I would rip people off with longer and higher investment, but one session was fine. I felt invisible on social media and that people online never see me, but find other coaches easily. And I've talked about this in the podcast episode. So I had this super intense belief that no matter what I posted and no matter what I did, people didn't find me, but other people, you know, they got likes, they got comments and everyone was finding them. And eventually I was like, oh my God, I'm probably manifesting this shitty reality because I'm so upset about this and I'm thinking about it all the time. So I did a hypnosis session, long story short, went back to a past life where it wasn't safe to be visible. So that's why my subconscious mind was keeping me invisible. And literally five weeks later, I got my first three clients. So when you shift, you know, the hardware in your subconscious mind, you instantaneously shift the energy too. I felt dumb because all of the average grades I had at uni, which contributed to me feeling like a fraud. I was, I grew up always giving a lot, but declining gifts or support because I didn't want to burden people. So all of those things were going on in my subconscious mind and basically, you know, manifested, manifesting my life under the radar, like the submerged part of the iceberg and manifesting everything I didn't want. Now, you probably know, at least some of this, right? I'm sure that many of you are familiar with the law of attraction, with the fact that we need our subconscious beliefs, etc., to be aligned with what we consciously want. And so if you know that, and that if, I, if I knew that, why is it so hard to change? Why is it so hard to shift emotions when we are feeling down? Why is it so hard to just wake up and feel excited instead of you know, wanting to procrastinate? Why does it take so much energy and effort to make ourselves think and feel better? So this is the million dollar question that is going to get answered right now. Change is hard because of three main things we'll be talking about today. Number one is that your body is wired to crave familiar emotions. So basically you're like a junkie addicted to some emotions of the past. And it feels good to feel familiar. So even if our familiar sucks, it feels better to be in the familiar than in the non-familiar. And to add a layer of insult to injury, you are biased and your reticular activating system is to blame. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Aspect number two of why it's so hard to change is because your brain will always prioritize safety and familiarity over anything else. It's a survival mechanism. So let's say that you're very familiar with feeling disempowered, even though you want to be confident and joyful. If that has not been how you've been thinking and feeling for a long time, your subconscious mind just won't want to go there. And last but not least, as long as your identity and self-image don't change, we or you can't change your life no matter how much effort you put into the process. 
our self-image and our identity is what determines the life we have. Hence why so many people will power themselves to do stuff and put a lot of effort into it. And maybe they have results for a bit of time, but eventually they go back to their old self. It's because their identity hasn't changed. So people who successfully stop smoking, it's because they adopt the identity of a non-smoker, right? Whereas people who, who try to stop smoking and don't manage is because in their mind, their self-image and their identity, they are a smoker trying to stop. They are not a non-smoker. Same goes with everything, right? Uh, if my identity is that I'm only attracted, attracting unavailable men who don't see my value, I can, you know, willpower myself to try to find Mr. Right, but as long as my identity doesn't change, it's going to be very difficult. So let's start with the first aspect of your body being addicted to an emotion. And this is fascinating. If you want to read more about that, read Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. That book really, really changed my life and made me understand on a biological and kind of scientific uh, brain-based approach why it's so hard to change. So as we said before, our mind has two parts, the conscious 5% uh, logical mind, it receives information from our five senses and it's where we think and rationalize. And the subconscious where we have emotions, instinct, memories, where information is stored, it's our self-image, our identity, instinct, autopilot things, um, and automatic functions such as breathing, etc., etc. Now here is what is fascinating and let me know in the comments if this is new information if this is interesting information if you're like oh my god this is new and it makes so much sense or if you're like yeah i already read the book you know i know about this but let's start with the beginning every time you have a thought there's a biochemical process biochemical reaction that happens in the brain you basically make a chemical. So each time you have a thought, no exception, a chemical is created. So as you think different thoughts, your brain circuits fire in corresponding sequences, patterns, and combinations. And for those of you who are catching the replay on uh, the podcast, there are some interesting visuals. So I recommend that you watch uh, the replay instead of listening to it, if you wish. So as you think different thoughts, your brain fires, you know, your brain circuit fires in corresponding sequences. And once these specific networks of neurons are activated, the brain produces specific chemicals with the exact signature to match those thoughts so that you can feel the way you're thinking. So, you know, very basic example, when you have great thoughts or loving thoughts, you're looking at your children or at a kitten or you're just, you know, blissfully happy, you naturally produce chemicals like uh, oxytocin and others that make you feel great or loving or joyful. Same happens with fearful when we have fearful or impatient thoughts. So if, you know, I'm very scared um, about walking home at night, that thought is going to create a biochemical reaction and it's going to trigger some um, cortisol which is the, hor the hormone the chemical of stress and then I'm going to feel anxious right so each time we have a thought this is very significant to understand the thought will trigger a biochemical reaction 
and the thought will trigger, you know, several neurons in your brain syncing each other up in a specific way. And that is automatically and always followed by a chemical reaction. So, you know, your brain, uh, your brain, your body releasing a specific chemical that matches the thought always. So you cannot be like blissfully happy uh, carrying a kitten and feel stressed. That just doesn't work like that. So knowing this, everything is always in sync between your thoughts and your feelings. And it also goes the other way around, which is significant. So we begin, we begin to feel the way we are thinking. That's what we just said. You think a specific thought and you feel according to whatever thought you have because the brain is constantly in sync and in communi communication with your body. So we begin, we begin to think the way we're feeling. So the way this works is that first you have a thought, the thought that says it's a great thought. So you release oxytocin, which is a great chemical. And as you're swimming, as your body and your cells, your body and your cells are swimming in oxytocin, which is a great chemical, it's the happy and love chemical, now that oxytocin and that chemical is going to trigger more thoughts that are loving and peaceful and zen. So first you have a thought and then you have a feeling that your feeling can literally trigger thoughts too. Meaning that your brain is constantly monitoring how the body is feeling. The body is constantly monitoring what the brain is thinking. And based on you know, the feedback it gets, it either generates more thoughts or more feelings that are coherent with whatever you're thinking or feeling. So let me give you an example and let me know in the comments for those watching live if this makes sense or if you need an additional explanation. So let's say that you've had a bad dream and you actually kind of remember your bad dream, which happens to all of us. It's not really pleasant, right? And we wake up feeling anxious. And we know on a rational perspective that it was just a dream that we have nothing to worry about, yet we cannot get rid throughout the morning or throughout the day of this feeling of anxiety. And we feel stuff, we start thinking stuff like, oh my God, what if this happens in real life? Or what if my boss is not happy with what I've been doing? Or what if like no one you know, buys my next program when I launch, et cetera, et cetera. Meaning that when you're feeling a certain way, Usually, it's very difficult to have thoughts that are better than how you're feeling. So if I'm feeling like shit, it's going to be very difficult to have happy thoughts and feel hopeful about the future. I tend to have thoughts that match my shitty vibe. Let me know if this makes sense because it's significant. So let's take the example of feeling powerless. Imagine that you frequently feel powerless, which has definitely been my case for a very long time. Let me see these comments. This happened to me literally a week ago. Bad dream, rolled over to the next day. It was terrible, exactly. Someone asked, is there a possibility of changing your thoughts? Absolutely, and we'll be talking about how to do that. And someone says, but can't we detach from our thoughts? And in the meditation states, I learned that we can do this. Yes, we can absolutely detach from our thoughts. And this is one of the ways that we overcome these patterns. We can absolutely detach from our thoughts. But if our subconscious mind is not on board, it's going to be difficult. But when we meditate, we actually engage the subconscious mind. So to come back to our example, let's say that I have been used to feeling powerless, which was definitely my case for many, many years. And that's not a fun place to be. After 
five, 10, 20 years of feeling powerless, you kind of automatically feel powerless. And you know, feeling powerless can stem from so many things. One of which is maybe your parents were never satisfied with anything you did when you were a kid. Maybe they really wanted your best and wanted you to get into a great university or like some sort of higher education. They were super strict with your grades and no grades were ever good enough for their standard. So we kind of feel that whatever we do, it never works and we can't change anything to it. Hence, feeling powerless. So basically, each time that you think a powerless, we can, re we can replace that with any emotion like angry or guilty or sad. But every time we think a powerless thought, you or we signal our body to produce a specific chemical that make up the feeling of powerlessness. And we've done this so, so, so many times that your cells are swimming in a sea of powerlessness chemicals and it starts to become normal. And you can actually see that on a biological level, your cells will adapt to whatever chemicals they are used to being around. So this is not woo-woo, this is biology. So eventually, as we are so used to feeling powerless and our cells are used to the chemical of powerlessness, the body perceives it as normal and even starts to interpret it as pleasurable on a purely bodily perspective. Of course, it doesn't feel good to feel powerless, but our body is so used to it that it starts to become pleasurable. And the more you get used to feeling powerless, the more desensitized we are to it, meaning that our system, just to feel good or to feel normal, is going to crave more and more and more powerlessness, just like drugs. So the first time you drink you know, like beer, you can get drunk. And then as you drink more and more beer, your threshold to getting drunk is going to be way more alcohol than the first time you did it. Same with any chemical or emotion. So that means that now the body demands a stronger emotional rush of powerlessness in order to feel normal or in order to feel alive. And we become addicted to being powerless, not because we want to, but because our body is craving that chemical, just like our body could be craving the chemical of alcohol, of sugar, of, you know, weed or any other substance that is addictive. Let's move on. What happens when we decide to change? So after some time, you know, just as I did, I'm like, enough with this BS. I'm ready to reclaim my power. I don't want to spend a lifetime of feeling powerless and that, you know, I can't have a successful business. This is not fun. So I set a very specific intention of changing, right? Now I want to be happy. I want to be abundant. I want to be confident. I want to attract clients in my business. I want to spend more time chilling in an inflatable at the beach while my business makes money on my behalf. Fantastic. So while I'm feeling very good and excited about that, my cells are not feeling good at all because they have chemical needs. They have been used to the chemical of powerlessness. And now through this new intention and our, you know, our intention to change, we are interrupting that process and we're basically denying our body its chemical needs and going contrary to its subconscious programming, right? So our body is wired to crave something specific. We don't even have to try. It's subconscious, it's automatic. 
but by wanting to change we're kind of creating chaos in my body and because the body has become addicted to feeling powerless in the same way that it has become you know could become addicted to any drug we are actually going to go in withdrawal and this is not a joke your body when you try to change your body can go into emotional withdrawal and crave the chemical that you use to trigger in your body through specific thoughts. Let me know if this makes sense, people, because I want everyone to understand this. Let me know in the comments. That's not it. So in an attempt to get its fix or its dose of disempowerment, your cells and your body are going to launch a sneaky attack. This happens for real and all of the intricacies of how this happens is very well talked about in Dr. Joe Dispenza's book. So what your body does and your brain and you know you as a whole but completely subconsciously is that it's going to subtly trigger an old thought attack and before you know it you start thinking stuff like oh I'm tired I'll do my journaling tomorrow or other people always get luckier anyway. So what's the point of me posting on social media because no one's going to see my content or no one commented on my post. The algorithm is doing me dirty again. No one is seeing my content. I can't do anything about this. It's so frustrating. Or the thoughts like, and that ex who left me, it was because I wasn't good enough and I've never been good enough. And suddenly out of the quote unquote blue, we start feeling like crap. We start feeling those familiar thoughts. And it's not you, it's your body, right? And your body is sneaky like a raccoon. We have a beautiful picture of a raccoon on this presentation for those listening. It doesn't want you to realize that this is a chemical process. It really wants you to believe that those thoughts are real and triggered by you. So basically on a rational level, it makes no sense. But emotionally, it feels good to feel bad, which is unfortunate when we want to change, right? So let's talk about the reticular activating system as this plays quite a big role into why it's so hard to change. So our mind is a incredibly efficient and sophisticated machine, and it can pick up on so much information throughout the day through our five senses. So in order for us not to get overloaded, so imagine that you, you know, remembered every single thing that you saw, including the hundreds of people and all of the flowers, it would be completely overwhelming. So your brain can process 11, 11 million bits of information per second, but our conscious mind, so consciously, we can only process 40 to 50 bits of information per second. So 40 to 50, consciously versus 11 million subconsciously so your brain needs to filter what information it will give us on a conscious level and what information it's going to kind of shove on the back burner that we don't need to be aware of and the way your brain filters the information depends on our beliefs our values what we have learned on our emotions etc etc so basically, the reality that we perceive and experience on a conscious level is biased by our past beliefs, values, and emotions. And this is significant. And it's absolutely, you know, it has nothing to do with how smart you are, how ambitious you are, etc., etc. It's a completely subconscious mechanism that happens to everyone. 
the reticular activating system is basically the process responsible for that. So the reticular activating system is a network of neurons in your brain responsible for filtering out information. So basically what it does is that, is that it focuses and it takes what you focus on, excuse me, and creates a filter for it. And it sifts through the data and presents only the pieces that are important to you. And all of this happens without you noticing. So for example, let's say you're looking for a very, very specific flower in a flower field with many flowers and like high grass, etc. So as you're looking through the field, your eyes see so much information and automatically it's going to compute, no, it's not that flower, it's not that flower, it's not this one, it's not that one, extremely fast. So you can actually focus on what it is you're looking for. Uh, that's what your reticular activating system does. It's also the reason why you can hear your name in a very loud crowd. So if you are in a space with many, many people talking, it's very noisy, and then someone says your name, you're going to pick up on that and filter out the other conversations. This is your reticular activating system. Or, you know, when you buy a new car, you suddenly start seeing that car absolutely everywhere. Or when you break up with an ex, you start seeing that person everywhere, or you think you do and it's not them, right? Your reticular activating system will make sure that your brain focuses on what is of interest. The problem with that is that that is very biased. And what we are interested in is best based on what is in our subconscious mind. What our reticular activating system is going to search for is our already existing beliefs and thoughts and emotions, thus making us focus on more of the same. So we need to imagine that out there, there is everything, including the best, the worst, opportunities, clients, nice clients, um, nice clients, mean clients, manifesting a check in the mailbox, the perfect relationship, the perfect flat, or the horrendous relationship. And what we are going to perceive consciously depends on what is in our subconscious mind. In other words, if I am convinced that no one would pay for my program that is, I don't know, $3,000, your mind is basically going to scan your surroundings and scan Instagram or scan, scan you know, people around you and only focus on people who wouldn't pay you $3,000 and filtering out all of the ones who would be willing to pay you, which just perpetuates the vicious circle. Um, so the information that your mind will let pass and through to your conscious awareness is just the information that is based on pre-existing beliefs, emotions, and thoughts. And everything that is not coherent with that or any information that would go contrary to what you already believe is left aside, is not being taken into account by our mind. So basically, this is a confirmation bias. We tend to only pay attention to things that confirm what we already think is true. So if our truth is that it's hard to attract clients and no one is willing to pay for my program, I will only be able to see more of that unless I change my subconscious programming. So the result is that everything in our reality, reality quote unquote, matches our deep beliefs, thoughts, and feelings. And that is tricky 
because that's all we notice, that's all we experience. And because that's all we notice and experience, we start thinking, well, yeah, I might have some limiting beliefs, but you know, my life is actually happening in a way that confirms those limiting beliefs. I'm looking and doing all of the efforts in the world to find nice clients who want to pay me $3,000. But the reality is that we, I only have people reaching out to me who say that they can't afford me. So I guess that it must be true. No one wants to pay me. And it is a vicious circle that will perpetuate again and again if we don't put an end to that, which is completely possible. We can change that. So that was one of the aspects of why it is so hard to change. Because first of all, your body is addicted to familiar chemicals. So if I've been thinking and feeling, oh, I can't get clients, this is hard, no one sees me online, and it produces some level of stress, my body will be addicted to just thinking thoughts that are going to make me stressed. And just like, you know, you can't tell a heroin addict, oh, just stop, use, just stop you know, consuming heroin. That's it. No, it's not that easy. It's the same with us. And this is why it's so hard to change. A second reason why it's so hard to change is how our mind is wired. So our mind's job is simple. It's to keep us alive. That is it. It's a survival mechanism that made us, you know, still be here in 2022. This means that your mind will naturally avoid the unknown because the unknown is a source of danger to your survival. Your mind will also avoid being rejected or being abandoned or any painful or distressing situations. That is what we naturally tend to avoid. So as long as we don't rewire our subconscious mind in a way that it feels safe about the change that we want to make, we are going to be swimming upstream. It's like being in a river and trying to swim upstream. Is it possible to swim upstream? Yeah, maybe for one or two minutes with great effort and willpower and lots of muscle power. But eventually the stream is going to be stronger and we are going to, you know, literally go on the opposite direction. So trying to change consciously, trying to get more clients when our subconscious mind is wired to be unfamiliar with it or to be afraid of it is not going to work unless we make change directly at the subconscious level. It's a survival mechanism. And the survival mechanism will always be stronger than any amount of willpower, action, and, you know, positive thinking. The great, fantastic, super duper news is that once you know how to work with your mind, so it doesn't work against you, change is absolutely possible. And not only is it possible, it's actually not that hard and it doesn't have to take forever. What is more, you don't need to figure everything out. You don't need to heal all of your inner limiting beliefs. You don't need to completely rewire your subconscious mind in order to attract more of what you want in your life. That is the awesome part about it. A small shift in your energy in the direction of your goals can bring about massive change. And that's what we want because technically no one is ever limiting belief free, right? It's a constant process. So let's talk about how you can make sure that your mind wants change and that it's easy for you and how to build that confidence that you will absolutely be successful and that you absolutely have everything you need 
and you have what it takes within you to get whatever the F you want, including more clients, Mrs. or Mr. Right, your dream car, uh, becoming a plant person. If you're not a plant person, it could really be anything. So the reason why we stagnate, procrastinate, stay stuck in analysis paralysis, or don't take action, or, you know, kind of, oopsie, why we are in a place that we don't want to be in is because past experiences and beliefs will make not reaching a goal or failing, wait, what am I saying? The reason why we stagnate, procrastinate, stay stuck in analysis, paralysis, etc., is can be due to several things. One of which is past experiences or beliefs make not reaching a goal or failing mean something deeply hurtful. So let me explain this because maybe just right off the bat, it doesn't make sense. Let's imagine that I want to launch. And in the past, my launch fails, which is one of the biggest fears of all entrepreneurs. If I make it mean something that is very hurtful, so for example, my launch fails, so I say, well, no one likes me or no one likes my program and that's why they, they didn't buy from me. And if no one likes me and no one likes my program, it means that I can never be successful because obviously they will never buy from me. And I'll have to live life knowing that I don't have what it takes to be successful. And I have to say goodbye, goodbye to my dream life that I wanted to manifest through my business. So basically, we are making a failed launch mean that we don't have what it takes and that we have to say goodbye to all of our dreams. So of course, that if I have a choice, now I'm sitting in my chair and I have option A is not to do anything. So I can procrastinate, I can do wishful thinking, I can watch TikToks, it kind of sucks, but it doesn't suck that much. Or option B is I can launch, but if I fail and if no one enrolls, it means that I can't be successful and I don't have what it takes, and I have to live life knowing that I was a failure, and I have to say goodbye to my dream life. The distress associated with that scenario is so high that, of course, I'm going to choose not to launch. Procrastination, even if it sucks, it's still way better than all of the pain I can potentially go through if I launch and it doesn't go as planned. And this is why it's significant not to let things mean things we don't want them to mean. I can choose to say, if my launch fails, oh well, I'll just do it again until it works, right? And this is a very different energy. Another reason why we stay stuck, why we procrastinate, why we, you know, we don't do shit, why we can't change is from an emotional perspective, it triggers the primal and abandonment wound and shame that goes with it, that something is wrong with us, but that we are not worthy. So in other words, because that was, very, that was a very badly written sentence, if we take action or if we want to change and we don't achieve the outcome we wish, the pain associated with that is so big that it might re-trigger primal abandonment wounds, which we all have, or it might re-trigger deep shame that something is wrong with us, that you know we are just not smart enough to make it work, etc., etc. So again, those emotions are so painful that our mind is never going to want to go there. It's going to avoid that at all costs. So typically, 
let's imagine that I have abandonment issues. And fun fact, I have huge abandonment, abandonment wounds that flared up whilst I was in Costa Rica in February, which was, a, which was a great healing opportunity. But basically what came up was feeling that no one ever cared about me and that I wasn't just good enough or special enough for people to pay attention to me. And that is something that you know I've carried with me since I was a kid, maybe from a past life. So if that those are my beliefs, it hurts. Like it hurts like hell. And it's emotionally very distressing to feel stuff like that. So if you know that's the way I feel, I am not going to want to take action or stop procrastinating and launch. Because if I launch or I pitch a program or you know I start my business and it doesn't work. I'm going to feel abandoned all over again and feel like the universe is not even there to help me and that I'm all on my own and that I'm insignificant. Again, we don't want to go there because it's too painful and your mind's job is to keep you away from pain. Last but not least, why it's so hard to change, why it's so hard to stop procrastinating is fear doesn't dissipate, it incubates. So there is this belief that if we just wait a bit longer, I'm going to feel better about this thing I've been wanting to do. But that's simply not true. Fear grows. It incubates the, waiter, the longer we wait. So the longer we wait to do something, the worse it gets because our vibration keeps attracting what we are fearful about. And our self-esteem goes down because we beat ourselves up for being a couch potato. So that is like the ultimate insult to injury. Because I'm fearful, I'm not taking action. Because I'm afraid of failure or afraid of rejection, I'm not going to send that email to my list. But as I'm not doing anything, and as I'm afraid that I'll never be successful and that no one is ever going to you know, invest in my program, that fear is a specific vibration that you know, in the law of quantum physics is going to attract more uh, stuff to confirm that fear. So I'm going to attract even more circumstances and stuff in my life that is going to make me even more fe fearful. And in addition to that, I'm not taking action. I'm procrastinating and I'm beating myself up for not taking action. And now my self-esteem and my self-image go down the drain because I feel like a couch potato. I feel like an un unmotivated uh, person who has no willpower. And as we repeat our thought, these thoughts to ourselves, it damages our sense of self-worth. And when self-worth goes down, abundance and our ability to manifest go down as well. Do you have any questions? Let me know if you have any questions. Okay, I guess we don't have questions for now. I'll ask you again a bit later. So here are the keys, the two keys to breaking the vicious circle. Here are the keys to change and to tune into something that is way more, uh, that will make us feel more empowered, that will give us our confidence back and that will build our self-worth, self-image and self-esteem. Because once you have that, nothing can stop you. First things first, which we already talked about, never letting something mean something that we don't want it to mean. I, if I don't want to feel like crap if my launch fails, I cannot allow myself the luxury of letting it mean something bad about me. If my launch fails, it failed. We'll do it again. Maybe people were on holiday. 
maybe you know the messaging wasn't on point we will tweak repeat until it works rather than let it mean that i'm a failure or that no one likes my program and number two of something that you need to do in order to be able to change and rewire your mind is to give yourself what you're looking for through achieving your goal. So in other words, let's just, let's just say that I want a successful business so I can finally feel proud of myself. Well, as long as I don't feel proud of myself from the inside, I will not be able to manifest a successful business. It's like saying, oh, I will feel confident and good about myself once I find a partner that makes me feel good. But that doesn't work. It's first we love ourselves and feel good about ourselves, and then we can attract a partner that will make us feel even better about ourselves. And the thing is that when we count on our business, in this specific case, because most of you are all of your business owners, when we expect from our business to make us feel confident, to make us feel worthy, to make us feel proud, to make us feel that what we are doing is significant, to make us feel safe, we will not be able to attract those things. And we are very vulnerable to something happening to the business or even us not being able to work anymore for whatever reasons, because our primary source of you know, safety, of self-worth, of self-love, of feeling proud of ourselves is going to vanish if something happens to the business. That creates so much resistance and so much fear about something that happening which ultimately is going to repel away the exact same, the exact thing we are wanting to attract. So once we generate what we what it is we want to feel or what we're looking through, what looking for, excuse me, once we can generate this from the inside and feel that way before it has manifested in our life, our circumstances on the outside will have to change to become a match to how we feel. Because remember, as we saw in the beginning, everything that we attract is a match to our vibration. So if I'm feeling safe, if I'm feeling abundant, and if I'm feeling proud of myself, the universe will have no other choice than send you people or circumstances or things that will make you proud, that will make you feel safe, that will make you feel, you know, whatever. For example, more clients, more abundance, um, more things to feel joyful about. And that is how we do it. By changing our self-image and our vibration on the inside, regardless of what is happening on the outside, that is when we manifest more of the stuff that we wish and that is going to be a match to our vibration. And as we said before, your reticular activating system is always scanning your environment to find stuff that will confirm how you're already feeling. So if I'm feeling abundant and confident that clients will love my program, even if I have never had a client in, in my life, my reticular activating system and my energy is literally going to put me in front of clients. That's how it works. And that is how I manifested my first three high ticket clients who paid $3,200 or $3,600, even though I had never had a high ticket client before, is because I felt so good about how they would be transformed as they go through the program. And I felt so good about my program and my ability to help them 
that the universe had no other choice than sending them over to me. What is more is that once you can generate those feelings from the inside, which we will learn how to do tomorrow and on the next day, we also let go of resistance or kind of the desperate vibe or energy that really fucks up our manifestation efforts. So you might have heard in the past that manifestation is not so much about having a super high vibe as it is lack of resistance. So if you can want something and forget about it and kind of know it's going to arrive with no resistance whatsoever, that's when it happens. It's like ordering food at the restaurant. You choose, you place your order, you forget about it and you get your food. Same goes with anything you want to manifest. But what we do when we want more clients or abundance or opportunities is is that we wonder, can I get clients? And what if I don't get clients? And what if I get clients who can't pay me? But what if I don't have what it takes to get my clients? And all of that resistance is what is keeping them away from us or what is preventing us from actually having them. Step number two to change and to manifest whatever it is you want is putting an end to self-abandonment so we can break the vicious circle of shame and disappointment in ourselves. There is nothing like the energy of disappointment to not manifest what we want. Disappointment is kind of the anti-manifestation vibe. Once you can put an end to self-abandonment and break the vicious circle of shame and disappointment, at the same time, domino effect, you will stop procrastinating, you will stop having low self-image or low self-esteem, and you will also no longer have issues with low motivation. And simultaneously, it will bring your confidence to a point where you literally could not care less if you reach a goal or if you don't reach a goal because you know that ultimately you're going to be successful. You know that your success is inevitable. And once you have that energy, who cares if someone didn't buy your program? Maybe they will buy you next time. You have that confidence that everything is going to be okay. Now I want to, I've been monologuing guys. If you have any questions, let me know. I want to go on a small tangent on the topic of self-abandonment which I wasn't even familiar with five months ago. But since I had all of that stuff come up while I was surfing in Costa Rica, I did a lot of research into it and it was fascinating. So when you look at people who are successful in anything, not necessarily their business, but in any area of their life and people who aren't, one of the things that differentiates both groups is the extent to which they feel abandoned or the extent to which their circumstances is triggering abandonment. So let's say, you know, I want to manifest a abundant business and I want to attract more clients in my business and I try everything I want and it's not working. So how do I feel? I feel like shit. I feel like the universe doesn't have my back because I've asked for help and it's not helping me. I feel hopeless and helpless because maybe whatever I do, it's never going to work for me. All of those are primal, raw emotions that go around abandonment. That's what we feel as kids when our needs are not met, or when we got conditional love, or when our parents did their best, but you know, 
what they gave us was not what we needed. And once we can put an end to the fact of self-abandoning ourselves, which is not tuning into our needs, procrastinating, not taking action. Each time I don't take action, I'm basically telling my five-year-old self, hey, I don't think that you are worth me taking action. And this is terrible. This is the most terrible thing that we can do to you, that we can do to ourselves because we have hopes and dreams that stem from, you know, us wanting what we want, just like kids want to go to Disneyland and want to you know whatever toy they, they saw on the TV or that their friends have. They want it and they think that they can have it, right? Especially when they're very young. Same goes with us. We have hopes, dreams, and a vision. And that is our five or seven-year-old self thinking that we can have it all, which is true. But each time we procrastinate, each time we have a negative thought, each time we beat ourselves up, we are basically abandoning our five-year-old self. And that is a self-esteem and self-confidence drain that can only go one route and it's the wrong route. I can talk about this from experience, but when we can tend to our needs and when we stop abandoning ourselves, when we show up for ourselves, when we tell ourselves, okay, today I'm going to do one post you know, on social media and we do it, you build confidence regardless of if you're getting results in your business. Is This is one of the keys. This is one of the things that makes the entire difference. When you stop self-abandoning yourself and when you show up as if you were your seven-year-old self and you're consistent and you give yourself self-love and validation and you pat yourself on the back, regardless of whether or not you're reaching your goals, your confidence goes up, your love in yourself goes up, your ability to think straight goes up, and then automatically, because it's the law, your circumstances will change to match your confidence confidence and that positive energy. Ultimately, the ultimate state of abundance is gratitude, as you've already heard this, and self-love. The extent to which you can love and accept yourself as you are is the extent to which you can manifest abundance or manifest anything in your life. We also want to make sure, because this is a huge mistake I made that kept me stuck for eight full months, so please don't make that mistake, not letting our personal circumstances make us question our identity and ability to help people. So typical example, I flopped a launch. And then I flopped a second launch. And looking back, it wasn't even flopped. It's just that I did not meet my very high expectations for both of these launches. So what happened? I started to beat myself up for it. And I started to think, hey, my personal circumstances right now is that I wasn't able to launch the way I wanted. And that means that I'm just not that good at mastering my mind and my energy. Otherwise, I would have had a better result. So who am I to tell people how to change their energy and master their mind? And I started questioning everything. I started questioning if subconscious work even worked, if energetic work even worked, and if it did, why couldn't I use those tools for me, et cetera, et cetera. And it completely destroyed my confidence. And I procrastinated for months and months and months because I was terrified of launching and it not working, which would be additional evidence that something was wrong with me. 
and that I was completely incapable of shifting my energy. Looking back, there was a reason why those launches didn't work. The universe had to teach me a very important lesson with regards to my personal life and my relationships with my family. That's why my launch flopped. But instead of just seeing it as something, you know, that happens in life and moving on, I let those personal circumstances, including some of my family dynamics, mean something about my identity and my ability to help people. And that's when everything stopped. That's when I started procrastinating massively. That's when I saw a decrease in my income, et cetera, et cetera. So we need to understand, you need to understand that your worth as a person, so who you are, does not depend on what you achieve. So what you do. That is just society telling us that we need to do, 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 and achieve, achieve, achieve to be successful and be worthy and you know, get validation, but that is bullshit. Your worth as a person does not depend on what you achieve the end. And once you can feel worthy, regardless of how much money you're making or what you achieved or did not achieve, that is when you let go of all resistance. That's when, that's when you let go of fear of failure and worry and anxiety. And that is when your energy shifts to a point where you literally start manifesting crazy stuff without even trying and this is what happened in the beginning of the year in april as i worked on my abandonment stuff and as i decided like not to let anything mean anything even if i had a launch and it made zero money i would just launch again and not care and i started manifesting one-on-one -on -one clients even though i wasn't promoting any one-on-one -on -one work and even though I hadn't manifested any one-on-one -on -one clients in over a year because I wasn't looking for them. This is the power of this work. We're almost done, everyone. Maybe 10 minutes more. So we want to literally rewire your mind so you can update, upgrade to a whole new frequency that will attract to you better things. So to create long-lasting change, so not change, you know, getting clients in the next three months and then getting back to your old ways. No, no. Long-term change that is going to become your lifestyle. We need to create new neurological pathways in our brain. So it's basically the equivalent of installing a new program in your mind. We want new thoughts because new thoughts will trigger new emotions and new emotions will trigger new thoughts and it will become automatic and then you will become addicted to feeling good instead of feeling, becoming addicted or being addicted to feeling bad or feeling anxiety or feeling worry. And this is where several aspects that you can use come in. So first of all, imagination, hypnosis and inner work are life-changing. Energy work and subconscious work, so what they do exactly is that they can basically, if we take an image, they can erase an old program very fast by releasing stuck trauma, limiting beliefs, or survival emotions from your limbic system. There is evidence about that uh, with EFT. They made quite a few studies where we might have, you know, this fear of failure because when we were a kid our parents used to scream at us when we had bad grades that information is stored in our limbic system so the part of our brain that is responsible for survival 
So even if we know that our parents tried their best and they just wanted to, us to do good in school, we are going to get re-triggered over and over again, even though you know we don't want that. But energy work, subconscious work, hypnosis can actually kind of release or bring peace to that mechanism in your limbic system. So your limbic system no longer needs to trigger that response. So you can basically completely shift your energy from fear uh, of fear of failure to a neutral emotion or excitement about the future through subconscious work. And as you do that, as you release stuck trauma, limiting beliefs or survival emotions from your system, your brain no longer needs to trigger those old defense mechanisms that were keeping you stuck because we basically healed them or released them. And because your brain no longer needs to automatically trigger them, those old patterns will no longer automatically fire. And bit by bit, your body will get used to healthier emotions and thoughts. And this is what you've already heard. If you don't use it, you lose it. So if we're not, no longer using you know, the program or fear or anxiety because our mind is not getting triggered by that anymore, eventually as we don't use it we just lose it so it becomes obsolete and our mind is like yeah this is useless out it goes and it will be replaced by something way healthier and this can be done to extents that are incredible and sometimes very very rapidly through inner work energetic work hypnosis also fascinating thing is your subconscious mind can't tell the difference between reality and what you imagine so that is why for example we can trigger our nervous system and become scared just thinking about a worst case scenario that actually never happened so i can vividly imagine driving at night and it starts raining and having a car accident and literally start sweating and my heart rate will increase, etc. even though it's just a product of my imagination. The great news with that is that we can also use it positively. So through mental rehearsal and repeatedly imagining performing a certain action or listening you know, to hypnosis recording that will put all of those images and words in your mind, you can create new circuits in your brain. So old circuits will go away or circuits will reorganize themselves. And you can make your thoughts feel so real that your brain will literally change and create new neurological networks to reflect that imagination or that th those things you are imagining. So basically, through repeatedly imagining the outcome you want, which is very easily done, again, through energetic work, subconscious work, etc., your brain can change as if it had already happened. And there is an example of that, the piano example, where they separated people into two groups. And one of the groups, they just mentally rehearsed one-handed piano exercises for two hours a day. So just in their mind, for five days a week, but they never ever touched a piano. Well, these people demonstrated almost the same brain changes as people who physically performed the identical finger movement on a piano keyboard for the same length of time. Same goes with people who were imagining 
curling their biceps. So, you know, when you go to the gym and you take weights and you do bicep curls, those people who were just vividly imagining doing bicep curls had a 12% increase in their bicep muscle mass. That is insane, right? They did not physically exercise, exercise, they just imagined it. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the power of your mind. Once you bring all of these things together, so using your mind to imagine what you want, an energetic work and subconscious work that releases trauma or limiting beliefs at the deep, deep levels of your brain, once you put all of these things together, that is when the domino effect kicks in. So as you replace old thoughts and emotions with new, healthier ones, it's going to trigger more reasons to feel good and to think good and your circumstances are going to change. And if you give yourself what you're searching for through your achievements or through your business, so for example, if you want to feel safe, financially safe by making money in your business, if you focus on already feeling safe right now, regardless of what you have achieved or how much money is in your bank account, you will literally start attracting money. So it matches your feeling of safety that you're developing within. And as you do that, your vibration shifts. And when your vibration shifts, your circumstances and your life automatically change too, right? That is the law. There is no exception to this law. And as you no longer let old stuff mean anything that you don't want it to mean, it takes away so much pressure and resistance. And we are no longer as afraid of failure or we're no longer as afraid about trying new things which means that you will manifest things way easier because manifesting is lack of resistance. And as you do all of that, and as you stop procrastinating, and as you keep the promises you make to yourself, your confidence, your self-worth, and your self-esteem go up. And people will feel it. Even if you change nothing to your strategy, people will change, will feel the change. And you can literally have someone who's been in your audience for one year, who's always kind of been watching you but never bought, suddenly they become your client and they say, oh, there's something about your energy that is so, so different. And it happened to me many, many times. So this is how you change through subconscious work, energetic work, and basically bypassing or putting an end to the addiction that our subconscious mind has to old thoughts and beliefs and patterns old emotions that are keeping us stuck. And we will be talking way more about how you can do these things exactly and how you can implement changes in your life that will shift your energy so you can attract high quality, high paying client in your clients in your business. Because let's be honest, this is what every entrepreneur wants. So before we wrap up, please, if you have any questions, drop them in the comment section. And before we wrap up, a few words on tomorrow. So tomorrow is going to be understanding how imposter syndrome stops us from increasing our monthly income and how we can shift that. Also developing unshakable confidence that even if you've had a bad phase or your income has been stagnating or even if you've never made money and you're losing hope, well, you will stop feeling like a fraud and you can put yourself out there in a way that magnifies people to you. 
and we will also be talking about how to come across as an expert, the expert you already are within you, that clients trust and invest in. Because when you change your energy, your vision board becomes a reality. So last but not least, before we wrap up, I want to let you know, in case you missed it, you can still join Next Level. So we already have 12 amazing ladies in Next Level. And that is when we will do an actual full hypnosis session to figure out the root cause of money and receiving blocks. So why part of your mind doesn't feel comfortable or doesn't feel safe around receiving money or receiving clients. And once we do that hypnosis, once you understand what is blocking that energy or what is, you know, whatever shitty program is in your mind, you can let it go forever. So you can still join. The link is in the description of this live. Each time, no exception, we have done that hypnosis, people have gotten clients. It's insane. Within 24 to 72 hours, because when your energy shifts, you, the universe has to, you know, react accordingly and make your reality shift too. You will also have a full live Q&A and coaching session. So if you have any questions, strategic questions about the business of how you can make the best out of, you know, the next five months of 2022, if you want feedback or advice on what to do something in your business, whatever the theme is, you will get to ask that during next level, I will make sure that all of your questions are answered. And even if you can't attend live, it doesn't matter because everything will be recorded. You can submit your questions beforehand and I will answer them during next level. So you can absolutely catch the replays even if you can't attend live. And you also have a recording in there, a specific recording to connect with the universe and open your energetic field to receiving abundance. And you have lifetime access to that recording that people love. So this is it. Also, you have 10 days to watch the replay. So even if you can't attend tomorrow or the next day, no worries, you can catch the replays. You will get the link via email. Just make sure you watch them within the next 10 days because after we open and close the doors to the Abundance Magnet programs, the replays will be removed and sold as a separate bundle. So thank you so much everyone for attending. And I will see you tomorrow. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, if you want to experience the full power of your subconscious mind to manifest more abundance and more clients towards you while you sleep, I've got a gift for you. The Abundance Hypnosis Recording. It will help you let go of imposter syndrome and money blocks directly at the subconscious level and rewire your mind to energetically attract and manifest more abundance and clients. This recording has already helped thousands of women let go of deep-seated limiting beliefs and negative blueprints they didn't even know they had. And all you have to do is go to inaspadar.ch slash abundance recording in one word. And of course, all of this is in the show notes. So see you next time on the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast.